right, we back. My expert opinion, greatest show in the world. I'm gonna just keep saying that every episode. It is it's the greatest show. It's literally the greatest show in the world. You guys will find out on time. Some of you know already. Hit that like, hit that share. Let everybody know you in here. Don't cost you no paper unless you's a mother hater. We here. Mm-hmm. Heavy. Mac. Salute, King. What's up with, um, what's it looking like out there as far as artists and stuff? Lyricism is making a comeback. I agree. Um, I'm seeing I'm seeing a steady wave of people who are really conscious about what they're saying. I signed this guy called Brooklyn Hands. He's a problem. But I, I told you, He's I told confirmed. you that. Now I told you He's that. Confirmed. Mech don't even fuck with me. He said it's a problem. He don't even believe that. He's saying that shit. We good. Nah, but hands is a hands. Yeah, he's a salute, problem. Salute, salute hands. Salute the hands. Stay tuned. Hand. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Sean Bigger Man of God. Peace. Shout out to the crew. Shout out to the crew. Next week. I'm ready. We starting. I'm ready. Alright? Alright, cool. Cool. Gap. Look. Got my man Champ, YKTV magazine in the building, viral magazine. If you in, if you got some some family members that's in the system, tell them to pick up that viral magazine so they can get transcribed episodes of my expert opinion. Absolutely. In the magazine. Get on uh, ykTVmagazine.com. Your people that are incarcerated, they can uh, send out uh, institutional checks to our PO box. You already know we're in 46 states across the country, whether it's the local, state, or federal uh, aspect. We got y'all. It is. It is. That's what's up. And we got a legend in the building. When you talk about, yeah, and, and, and again, God damn, man, this Queens thing, man. <laughs> Yo, y'all, we need some more Brooklyn guests. Queens, get the We money. outnumbered over here, man. <laughs> what is it with Queens? Queens just, yo, I don't know. Queens loves the show. They love the show. Mother's from Brownsville, father's from Bensonhurst. Brooklyn, mm. stand up. Brooklyn, stand up. You heard? You heard? Stand up. Stand up. From Brooklyn, they just bought a nice house out in Queens. You know what I'm saying? Seventeen thousand dollars, nineteen sixty-seven. Nineteen sixty-seven. Wow. Sheesh. Listen, don't get the gas face by not watching this full episode. We got MC Search. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You know, I, I always look for interesting ways to start off these episodes. And, when you gonna give Nas back his shit, man? <laughs> <laughs> you gonna give him back his shit, man? Is that how we're gonna start this? That's how we're gonna start. A- so here's the truth. <laughs> right. The truth is, first things first. Mm-hmm. I sold my share, which is two percent. Two percent. That's all it was. 2%. I'm the executive producer mm-hmm. of Illmatic, and it was written. Right. My share is two percent. Two percent. That's it. I'm entitled to sell my share. Right. I offered it back to Nas, right. but Nas gets it back in seven years anyway. Oh. So he was like, oh, go get your money. 2%. And I don't own Nas's publishing. Never so, did. So when, when, when Jay-Z says... He was fucking with him. I know who I paid so, guys. Search Light Publishing. So here's, here's the truth about that story. Right. I was the head of promotion, CHR promotion at Def Jam. Right. We're about to put out Reasonable Doubt. And... Biggs, Dame, and, and Jay came to me and they said, hey, we got to clear the sample on dead presidents. Mm-hmm. I'm out for presidents to represent me mm-hmm. on Philmatic. 
So I say, yeah, it's not a problem. Give me a check for 2500 and I'll clear it. It's not a problem. They were like, that was it? Yeah, I said, that's it. I went to Zamba. I saw the president, Richard Blackstone. I said, hey, this is what we're going to take. I said, but we'll take 50% of the publishing. So now it's owned. Yeah. So what I love to say is, while Jay likes to say that, Nas owns Jay's publishing. Jay does not own Nas's publishing. Wait, what? From, from that record? From that record. Correct. He took 50% of the publishing. Oh, exactly right. I made that deal. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. So when Jay dropped Reasonable Doubt again in 2005, right? That was 2005 when he did the thing at uh, any any printing, of, any, any printing of any printing that says Dead President, Nas owns 50% of that song. And I own none of it. I administer. So what I do is, being mm. the administrator, right. is I just sign and approve it. And for that, I get 5%. Yeah, I don't I own just, anything. One-time fee? or yeah, I was uh, No, one, for life. Uh, for life. Five but I just, yeah. Okay, up, up, up until you sold. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of artists, there's a lot of uh, aspiring label owners, there's a, a lot of people who want to be in the, in the music industry. They want to understand the worth of the business as well as how the business works. Yeah. What was that 2% worth? It was a nice check. But it was also a check that I ate off of for 27 years. So, so the, here's, here's if, if you want to get deep in the weeds on this, because mm-hmm. here's what I honestly believe. Right. People don't want to really understand the business. They just want to make money in the business. Right. They That's don't really want to understand the business. Right. That's a fact. They just want to make money. Right. But if you really want to understand the business, artists receive their rights back after 35 years. It's called a 35-year rule. Right. Mm-hmm. So the original recordings revert back to the artists that recorded the art. Right. So, for example, Third Base will receive all of the Cactus album and Derelicts on December 1st of this year. I will own all of my original recordings. Well, you re- is there a re-release, a celebration? Of course, all of that, all of that, all of that. Because Def Jam hasn't released the record in two and a half decades, and I have never seen a royalty check ever from Def Jam, ever. Ever, wow. Never. I got a check when I signed, and when I did Derelicts, I got another check, and that was it. So, I will make whatever I make, on the records that I will now own. Mm-hmm. Same thing for Nas. So Nas will have all of his rights revert back to him on Illmatic and it was written in seven and nine years. Right. So my share is 2%. That's it. Right. It's never but, been more, it's never been less. But what was that 2% worth? It was worth a it, lot of money. It fluctuates with the album. What, what the yeah. album does. So, yeah, so the album does about, but between it, it was written and Illmatic, it does a couple of hundred million streams a year. So, so if you can equate what a hundred million streams is worth, and you get the two percent of that, yeah, depends. It, but the thing is, it's, it's not so much what is it worth, right? Mm-hmm. It's the true value of what it gave me, right? So, it gave me and my family a great deal of freedom. It gave me and my family a reason that I didn't have to chase anything, right? When I had ebbs and flows in my personal life, I didn't have to worry about a check every month because it came mm-hmm. in. Right. You know? Right. And most importantly, and this is to me the most important thing, whether I'm giving Nas his shit back or not, right. is I made Nas a millionaire the first week his album came out because I made sure all of his legal was done properly. He never had a sample clearance issue. He never had a rights issue. He never had to sell his publishing. He never had to do anything except make music. Right. I took care of all the business. 
And that first week that album did 165,000 albums, he was a millionaire. And he never looked back. So while all the fucking trolls want to say the fucking bullshit, I'm going to keep it a being with you. That's awesome. Is the J-Line the only reason why people think you're a shiesty businessman? No, I I think the overarching ilk of how executives treated black artists before me give the misnomer that I'm a shiesty businessman. Before, during, and after. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't me. You actually, now, here's where I'll stop the cap on the Cactus album. You were actually warning about the evils of executives in a couple of your records. Mm-hmm. You did a whole video to, you know, you you get a box of Nikes and Puma sweats. Like you would, mm-hmm. you box of Newports and Puma. You were talking about mm-hmm. how people would get done dirty. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I was raised around a lot of five percenters. You know, a lot of my friends who were named Julius became Lord Duquan. A lot of my friends who were Thomas became understanding mathematics. So I was, even more than going to synagogue, I was going to Mecca on 125th Street. And it was very clear to me when I was coming up, before there was a culture or before there was a business, that I was allowed to watch, but I couldn't participate. This was black music, a black art form, and it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. So I had to prove myself. Right. So I wrote rhymes every day, and then I started battling. You battled a yeah. lot. Battled a lot. Yeah. Yo, he challenged me. Yeah. He what? challenged me. Oh, yeah. Well, what happened? When was that? Well, how did that come week? about? I told no, you. It was last week. It was last week. Last week. Last week. Yeah. Oh, last week. Last week. <laughs> it was like 1998 or some shit. Oh, no, no, no. No, it wasn't when he was in his prime. No, it wasn't that. No. I no, write, I have a reason. felt like you had a actually. shot yeah. against you. Now. I, I, I write rhymes every day. I just put out a record last week. Yeah, yeah. I just put out a record. Sure. I write rhymes. I write four or five bars every day. Mm. Every sure day. MC. Every day. I write rhymes every day. I owe this culture everything. <clears throat> I tell anyone that ever meets me, if I wasn't, if it wasn't because of this, if because of this thing that we got, the only time you would meet me is with your lady coming into Nordstrom, and I'd be like, "Did she want a seven or eight in brown or black?" <laughs> you know, I'd be yeah. a salesman. Right. You know, um, so everything I have, I, I owe to hip hop. I owe everything. Do you feel like you so, was more informal with music as far as informing the artists, or do you feel like you was more informal with business? Yes, I don't think business? one or the other. Yeah, I think it's both. Okay, it's both. I think because there's there's. As the great prophet Mill says, there's levels to this shit. Yeah. Um, coming into Def Jam, <laughs> it's a crazy story. Mm-hmm. So we release our record. Right. We purposely didn't put out a promo photo. We purposely didn't put out any pictures. We wanted people to step into the AM and just be like, yo, that, that's a banger. That's Eminem in the hoodie. You know? Right. right. Mm-hmm. So... We sit down with the head of promo at the time, whose name is Wes Party Johnson, may he rest in peace. Wes was built like Jim Brown with hair like Don King. And he invented the radio promo game. Mm. And he sat me and my old partner down and we had sitting in his office and he had this look on his face. He was like <laughs> And he got up. And he said, listen, you two fucking cracker motherfuckers. If I got to take you to fucking black radio, you better know these black motherfucking programmers forward and backward. And he threw two magazines at us, Billboard and Radio and Records. 
He said, I'm taking you motherfuckers out on the road in six weeks. You better learn them motherfuckers. Hmm. I ran right to the New York Public Library because there was no internet. Mm. Right. And I, I saw I was going to WDAS in Philly, WPGC in DC. I was going to Richmond. I was going to Wowie. I was going to HUR. I was going, started lit room. Okay, DAS, Helen Little. Took no, mm -hmm. every day, six weeks. Get down to WDAS. DAS at the time was one of the most respected radio stations, urban radio stations in the country. It was ran like a corporation. You'd walk in there, everybody had suits and ties. Hello, sir. Right. Would you like some water? Miss mm -hmm. Little was waiting for you in the office, sir. Mm. Walk in. She goes give big hug. She, Come on in. Oh, no, no, no. Search, you go. Do, go where? Go, go talk to Helen. Now, he doesn't know that I'm studying. He don't know nothing. Mm -hmm. I sit down with Helen Little. She sits down, and I said, listen, Helen, before we start talking, I understand you started your career at the University of Houston, then you went to QUE, <laughs> so can I ask you a little question about being the program director at QUE? But, but you also went to HUR, and that must have been weird because HUR is the first college station that also acts as, and her eyes got wide, and we talked for about 45 minutes. Mm. I leave the office. She gives me a huge hug, and she calls Wesson. He was in there for five minutes. Mm. Now, mind you, this office was corporate and quiet like this room. And he comes out and he goes, you get the fuck outside by the fucking dumpsters right now. Wipes the spit off his lip. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to get killed. This motherfucker. I don't know about y'all. When somebody took you to the dumpster no, around my good. neighborhood, yeah, there was a reason it's for up. that shit. It's right. quiet. And he takes me out there and I'm, you know, he's, I mean, he's six, seven. Mm. And he's a and he and he's and he's like, what did you say to her? Search, I want to hear every fucking word you said to her. And my voice goes up and I, I told her that about the time she was like, and I'm spinning a mile a minute, and he goes, let me tell you something, you little white motherfucker. Do you know what? You know what the fuck you just did to me? Do you know what the fuck you just did to me, man? Wiping the spit off. Yeah. I got fucking LL Cool J, public enemy. I got fucking Slick Rick. Right. And I got to go tell them motherfuckers. To do that shit. That a white boy just got added to DAS before they did. Wow. You better, whatever the fuck you did, you better do that on every fucking station. Mm. <laughs> and we went to PGC. Donnie Simpson. I understand you went to the, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, Donnie, tell me about the time that you were actually, you started your career when you were in Indianapolis when you were 18, but then you went and then you did. 7 a.m. got added every station. Because he told me, Wes told me, he said, if I'm going to allow some white motherfuckers to take a black man's spot on an urban chart, you better respect where these motherfuckers came from. Mm. And seven years later, he hired me to be radio promotion at Def Jam. Wow. Mm. I mean, the word got out really quickly that there's, there's this fucking white rapper named Search that not only can spit his ass off, but he knows everything about radio. Mm -hmm. Like everything. You know? And that became like my second career, even with Nas. Mm. I worked all the Nas's records, I worked the OC records, like, and then I started doing radio promo independently, took Nori on the road for the first time. You know, so it just became... 
automatically I became friends with everybody in radio because they all knew I respected them. Wow. You know, I had no choice. It comes back. Jules, you dropping jewels in here. <laughs> I, thought, I thought he was going to say. I thought he was going to say I dropped name. I was name dropping. I thought it was name dropping. Oh, I dropped another name. But um, yo, um, he just um, you know he made me recognize early on, and it was also the guys I grew up with. You know, because I went to high school music and art, so I went to school with Ricky D, who became Slick Rick. I went to school with Dana Dan. I went to school with Jay Cool from the Fresh Three MCs. I went to school with Born Unique. I went to school with Lord Taru from the Eternal Force. I used to see Dougie Fresh. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. it was before there was this culture. Before you even go any further, because I don't want to get too far away from this. Who did you battle? Mm. Mm. Huh. So there's, there's two sides of my career in battling. In, in the streets, I battled anybody who wanted it. Right. You know, that was just, How, and it was funny. How did you get into <laughs> well, that's the funny part of this. Yeah. So I never got into any scraps because how my boys set it up is my boys from Redfern used to, you know, move around. Mm -hmm. And then, I, you know, we would, uh, you know, smoke our little weed or whatever and I'd start rhyming. And one thing that was really different about me in 1985 was I rhymed off the top of my head. Everybody then wrote battle rhymes and it was written. Nobody's rhyming off the top of their head. Right. And I just knew I had a little something special there. I just, you know, whatever. And my boys noticed it too. So we're like, damn, man, if we get this white boy out in the projects, man, we can make a little bread. Mm. So what they used to do is when they used to go to like Lafayette Gardens or Vandermeer, wherever, and you know, whatever, they were like, oh, who's the best MC in your, your building? Mm. Oh, blah, blah, blah. All right, I'm gonna bring my man Search. And they would purposely do all the battles by the, tr the train, train station. And what would happen is all the little money would go around, right? Right. And I'd come up the train station. And we'd know the train, you know, because we were all by the A train. Mm -hmm. So we knew when the Kingston Troop, when it would stop. Okay, mm -hmm. make sure, search, make sure you're on the 415 so you're fighting. <laughs> right. So, you know, so we'd come up, come up the... And what would happen is all the money getting passed around and then I'd come up... And they'd be like, yeah, that's, that's search. And then Eddie'd be like, oh, the devil? We battling the devil? And the money get tripled. Like, the money get tripled. Right. And I get mad quiet. And, you know, the white man can't jump shit. I just get mad quiet. Set up. And then um, the dude would start rhyming. He'd do his little rhyme. Right. So I had two things that I would always do. I'd let the dude rhyme. And then the beatbox would start beat. And I'd be like, nah, I'm going to do it a cappella. Because I went to a music school and... No fancy word that meant, you know, acapella, right? right. And oh, I remember, <laughs> and I was just like, yo, what the fuck do you mean you're going to Acapulco? What the fuck do you mean? <laughs> I'm just going around. So what I would do is, the first time the guy would rhyme, I'd break his whole outfit down and tell him how wacky he was for wearing what he was wearing. Right. And then you'd hear the rumbles. Like right. the first time I would say something, then they would, yeah, oh, oh, shit. Uh, oh. Uh, oh! Oh! He got on the yeah. single soles. Yep, yep. And <laughs> <laughs> crease sleeves ain't creased properly, right? You know, like your mom must have fucked up with the iron in the morning. Word. So, yeah. so now the kid is scared to kick his second round. He's lose. But, the, but also, you can see the wolves getting ready because they ain't letting that money go. And my boys already got the money. Right. But what I would do on the second verse is I would lean in and I would listen to every fucking word you said. And then I'd pick apart your fucking verse and spit it back at you and tell you how you should have kicked it. Mm. Oh! Mm. But as soon as that happened, 
because the wolves right. are back. <laughs> right. And I'm running through the fucking train yards. So that was it. So the last time I ever battled in the, in the projects was Vanderbilt. My man Vanderbilt? Was, yeah. Wow. So I was battling this kid, this, and he was a Dominican kid, right? Mm-hmm. Puerto Rican Dominican kid. You remember his name? Yeah. Nah, I wish I did. I wish I did. Bro, if you could shout one of those guys out right now. Yeah, they nah, would... yeah, yo. I, never, I told you I was it, yo, killing him back yo, in the yo, days. I wish, I, yo, yeah. the one thing, I never remembered any of these dudes' names. I can remember their faces. I know exactly yeah. what they look like. But I never even heard their names. Because by the time I came up, the stairs and my man, Math, would say, yo, that's Search. You'd hear the white devil shit, devil. So I couldn't hear what the dude's name was. Right. It wasn't like we were having a formal like, oh, nice to meet you. Are you ready to battle? You didn't have a pound <laughs> right. to get down. It was right. like, yo, let's get busy. Right. So my man was doing a party that night in, in Vanderman in the center. So they were already set up in the whole thing. DJ getting ready. And I was, <laughs> that night I was heading to the quarters. Um, me and my man were gonna meet a little couple of think tanks, right? So I'm right. like, dipped, I'm I'm ready. I didn't want to run to the I did I had fresh shell toes on, like yeah, I was yeah, you know the grease yeah. off the yard. I didn't right. I didn't want to catch it. But this this was this was a special battle because it was one of the few times I was really like I was in my zone. So I get there, White Devil, da 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 da. But there was a lot of money this time. Like they were really pitching hard. And Vandermeer during that '85, they were pitching hard. And this was right at Reaganomics, like right there, you know. So the money was right. Right. And this kid starts rhyming, and I break him. But something happened that I'll never forget. He kicks his second verse, and as I'm rhyming, his mother from the building says something, tells him to go to the bodega and get Newports after she's, he's finished fucking around with his friend. Hmm. And I said, it's funny that your mother told you to get the Newports because I just smoked you and before you talk, shh, guy, they like both. Oh, oh, money, bing, yeah. oh, yeah. I'm in the fucking live corner like that. Yo, you must have been in shape. Yo, bro, I was Been there? How the fuck you made it at like? 215. You must have been in that corner yeah, or something. Yo, bro, yo, bro, I was two, wow. 215 pounds. Yo, I was, wow, wow. the whole shit. I was partying. <laughs> I get back to Vandermeer, like 4 o'clock in the morning. Help my, my boy break down. Mm-hmm. Gonna get in the van and head out. I got one of them big ass crown amps. I'm holding this amp. We're laughing. Da 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 da. I hear pop, and the, the amp cracks in my hand. And my man's like, "Yo, what the fuck you doing with the amp?" And I'm like, "Yo, why are you blaming me?" And I'm a little buzz too. I'm like, "Yo, why are you blaming me?" And I look, and the kid's cocking back the set, the fucking the deuce quarter, and he's cocking it back a second time. And I was like, "Gone!" And I hit a second shot. The second shot whizzed right past my ear, and mm. I was gone. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm done." Wow. I'm done. No more battling in the fucking park. I'm done. But mm. my the reason I got signed, the reason me and my old partner got signed to Def Jam was because of Battle for World Supremacy at the New Music Seminar. Mm-hmm. I remember every dude I smoked on that fucking stage. Every every dude. So Ronin Rowe was the first one. <clears throat> then it was Young MC, second round. The Wait, Young the MC? Young the, MC? Yep, the Young MC. Wow. Mm-hmm. Then, then it was... Third kid I battled that day. Let me see. 
Ronan Rowe. Oh, that, oh, right. No, no, no. And then it was over for the day. And then the next day was the finals at Hammerstein Ballroom. And it was a battled Raven T from the Mighty Mike Masters. Oh, the Dismasters. Mighty Mike Masters. Dismasters. Sorry. I always get that name. Dismasters. And I almost lost that battle because I, I did something I shouldn't have tried. I shouldn't have done it because I was so rhyming off the top of my head. And they had, you know, they had the Dismasters were famous for like doing mama jokes in their rhymes, you know? So I was like, yo, I'm just going to come at him with his own mama jokes. Like, I'm going to just come at him. And I started fumbling mm. and I'm hearing the booze mm. and he's in the back and I see him opening up a piece of paper. And I said, wait, you rhyming off a piece of paper? I said, wait, where's the bartender? In fact, get a waiter. Somebody serve him a plate of rhymes. Because you can't be writing rhymes off paper. What you think? And the crowd was like, oh! And I was like, wait. And then I looked and I said, I said, yo, I just served you, son. Three, two, one, my job's done. And the fucking timer went off. Burn. Mm. He could have said, he could have said some old neck shit. He it was done. Yeah. But then, so then I get to the side of the stage and I'm about to battle the next dude and Mr. Magic comes behind me from BLF. Um, and he's like, yo, let me get your mic. And I'm like, yo, there's a mic on stage. What you need my mic for? And Magic would love to do this. He'd say, don't you know who I am, motherfucker? I'm Mr. Mr. Rockin', Rockin', Mr. Magic, motherfucker. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I don't give a fuck who you are. I'm about to rock the stage. <laughs> yeah, right. And this motherfucker pours some water on me. Oh, shit. So I'm like, oh, yeah, nah. Okay, I'm about to expose your whole shit. So I didn't give a fuck who I was rhyming with. I said, yo, B comes on, and I dissed BLS. Oh, shit. I called them WBLFS. I said, his name is Mr. Tragic. He and Mr. Magic. I said, all he does, he don't play records. He just be sucking on a glass dick. Wow. I said, yo, I said, yo, you shouldn't be a DJ. You should, you're better off being a cokehead. I said, you turned fucking MC Glamorous and MC into another fucking, um, I said, another fucking cokehead. I said, yo, I said, um, Mr. UTFO, Doc Ice, he came back from rehab. I'm glad to see you doing good. Give me a pound, my man. I said, in red alert, he'll never fest. I'd rather hear him three hours just going, yeah. <laughs> I said, you're fucking, you're, and I just went you at him. The and the whole, crowd was like, oh, oh. Like, that's, that's classic. That was it. The whole, the whole shit. I don't even know what the kids said, but they were like, search, search, search. And they put the beat on. I was like, girl, let me tell you a little more about this motherfucker right here. And so I went out there. I come back to the side of the stage and Ron Syndicate, Ice-T, had a kid from Cleveland named Bango. Mm. And I'm like, <laughs> I wanted to, ooh. I, <clears throat> so this kid is from Cleveland. Right. But he went and got a haircut at Astor Place and got the New York City skyline in the back of his head. Oh, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, like, is it, you know, like, why are you serving me on the silver platter? The fucking, you're giving me the fucking silver platter to shit on you. Right, right. The silver platter, bango. I saved your life. You wanted that one, bango. But yo, you remember that name, right? And he says to me, yo, let's not diss each other. Let's not, let's not go after each other. Let's just go ball for ball. Ugh. And I'm like, I re you, you know, like, you got that. But I'm like, all right, fuck it. All right, fuck it. I can still beat you on. I can still beat you. It don't even matter. Right. Because right. I already had my first line that was going to kill him. Mm -hmm. Like, Banger, you from Cleveland. Mm -hmm. 
right? You from Cleveland? We got the New York skyline in the back of your head. What time is it? When you leaving? I still remember that line. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you don't even represent your. Why didn't you agree to that? Because I was just in the moment, and I was like, "Rhyme Syndicate's in the front," and I'm like, "I'm like, yo, I just didn't, I just just didn't want. I wanted if he if that's how he wanted it, I could beat him in I could beat him in any game. You're mm-hmm. in my yard, and I'm in the zone, so it doesn't matter. And what I did, even what I did then, people to this day that were there remember it. Right. I took my name, so they had this big thing with the names and the finals, and I put, took my name off and I said, my name's Search. I said, I'm searching for unity. Black, white, yellow, brown, I want a whole community. Hip-hop's for us, it's not about them or them. And I just went on this whole fucking, and the crowd's going crazy. And I slammed my name back on there and I said, and the next time you see my name right there, it'll be first place. Oh! I get off the stage, I turn around and get ready for round two and I'm watching him run. And I'm feeling somebody rub my back. I thought it was my mother and my father because they were there in the crowd. I turn around, it's Russell Simmons. Mm. And he says, if anybody asks you, tell me you signed the Def Jam. And that's Mm. how we got our deal. So it didn't even matter if I won or not. At that point, I was done. I was done, I got my deal. I was done. Those are the kind of stories. stories right you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was it. Yeah. So I came back out and it's the one time and to this day, I, I still poke Red Alert a little bit about it because they, it was four people on there, two for Bango, two for me. And that's not how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be that the judges and Red Alert got up and he said, we can't decide, let the audience decide. And because Rhyme Syndicate and a whole size T Africa Islam. They had when you when you heard on stage, and I will say this: when you heard his name on stage, it sounded like Bango One, hmm. because they had more people. And when they said my name, they booed. Mm. So when they gave it to Bango, the whole fucking audience booed him. Yo, Ice, that was dirty, Ice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, but it was okay because I walked Salute. away. Well, that was, and dirty. I was like, you know what? I, I told my mom, and my mom was like, you got robbed, baby. You got robbed. And I was like, it's okay, mom. I got a record deal. So That's I won. Right. Fuck that. Yeah. That's so right. that was it. Did Bang, who's Bango? Did anybody, did MC Bango? Bango put out a record on Warner Brothers through the, the Rhyme Syndicate thing. Around the same time Everlast put out Forever Everlasting. Mm. So 1988. And he put out one single. Wow. Yeah. Those are the kind of stories that MC's hand think it still happens that way. I did. Like you could just rap that. I did. Somebody will come well, up I mean, and you. Yo, I was just doing out there, bro. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to do the battle world. Like, yo, I'm trying to get a record deal. That's how Eminem got his deal. Yeah, facts. Rap Olympics. No, that's how he didn't put out a single until that day. The reason that Dre signed him is when he battled the female and said, I never battled a female before. And he said something, something, something. He goes, you'll probably get your period and blame it on me. And that was the line when Dre said, yeah, I got to fuck with this kid. Mm. Wow. But yo, Mav, you know what's you know what's dope? As far as your story in comparison with your story, going from battle rap and going into the podcasting world, is that he just went from battle rap into the rap world. Right. You understand as far as getting a deal. Right. But it's still a, a great comparison. But, but that was the method, because if you didn't have a hundred grand to put in a promotion and recording and all that stuff, you battled. Right. You battled because your name would travel. Right. And you know, when you're walking into those offices and nobody know who you are, you just got that one moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if they know who you are before you walk in, 
off the strength of whatever you, you, you tearing yeah. rappers Your up resume. outside. Mm-hmm. Right. It's different. Right. Damn, also, two separate eras, though. Yeah. Like between your, his era and your era. Yeah. It's Bim, Bimmy, Bimmy um, he actually came here and told the story. But, well, we, we told the story about him seeing me battle and wanting to sign me to Def Jam. Oh, I remember. So, yeah. I remember seeing that episode. Right. Bimmy was one of the dudes that, like, was one of our, I mean, obviously Queens, right? But, like, yeah. but it's, mm-hmm. it's more about, like, that was the other, that was the other thing too, you know, when I was coming up also, you know, Fat Cat, Tommy Mickens, like all those dudes were like the guys who looked out for me. Like, you know, I never got robbed in a quarter. I never got stuck up. You know, my, my favorite line is I can walk on any Martin Luther because I know every shooter on every Martin Luther. Like I just, Hmm. it became, I was okay walking by myself. Right. Because everybody was just showed me so much love, and I just showed them so much love. Like I'm one of these people that I'm really good at remembering names, not just faces. Right. You know, and it goes back to what Wes said to me in that office. It goes back to the fact that I appreciate everything that I've been had the opportunity to to get right. to receive. Right. You know. Um, you know, it's just. Even with Nas, you know, Nas coming to see me in the studio when I was doing Back to the Grill, there was no way I was going to take advantage of a 17-year-old kid. It just wasn't going to happen. Right. I was going to make sure he's protected. Like, all Nas ever asked me for is make sure to get his mother out the project. You know? The thing that was really uh, a born-to-born moment for me, a full-circle moment, when I delivered Nas's checks um, on the 40 side, and went to his building, I was looking out his mother's living room window and from the 40 side you can see 59th street and i always saw that as a uh, beacon of hope that past mm. the bars was paradise right. mm. and some 27 years later i'm watching ozark and i'm watching the first episode of the final season yeah mm-hmm. and they used Ilmatic for the entire show yep and the Killer Mike is there and he's talking about that same window. They make the same reference. And, yeah. But he says, I always saw it as a prison. And I started crying. Mm. And I'm in bed watching with my wife and I'm bawling because I never saw it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just such an amazing juxtaposition that some 30 years later, mm-hmm. it has such an important, it's the only rap record in the Library of Congress. It's the only rap record that's taught at both Oxford and Harvard. It's the only rap album that has 17 number ones based on their lyrics. Mm. I mean, Illmatic has been a testament of time and I didn't make a single lyric. I was not involved in a single piece of the production. But I took Nas to Pete Rock's house every day for four months. I made Mm. sure every contract, every sample was cleared. I made sure every producer agreement was done. I made sure that when those 165,000 albums got sold week one, he was a millionaire and he never looked back. Mm. See? The unsexy jobs. So it's okay. And and I gotta tell you, you know, it's sexy to me. I don't know. (laughs) And it's okay, it's okay, you know, my wife and I laugh about it all the time because, you know, it's okay what the trolls say. Mm -hmm. I could give a fuck what what the YouTube says about, yo, Nas, give give Nas back his shit. You don't know shit. Mm-hmm. And it's okay that you don't know shit because you're not supposed to know shit. Right. You can feel however you want to feel. I know what's real. Right. 
I know what my checks say. <laughs> and I know what I earned. Mm-hmm. I didn't steal a fucking penny. I earned every penny of that fucking 2% that I made. Mm-hmm. Did you ever run into Jay-Z and be like, hey, man? Yeah, all the time. Well, I mean, right after, that? no, no, no. I mean, he, <laughs> listen, he, he know. look, the one thing I love about Jay is Jay knows how to poke the bear. Because Jay comes from that era. Jay yeah. was a battle MC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he comes from that era. He knows how to poke the bear. You know? Right. I know I paid. What do I care? You know, and the other funny thing is, there was never a searchlight publishing until 2011. Oh, shit. The name of the publishing company was Schematics. Schematics Publishing. Yeah. Because mm. I run the schematics. Mm-hmm. Well, on both sides, sir, you know, I mean, Jay said what he said on TakeOver, but... Nah, wait, 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 you, you, feel, you feel the need to defend right now. No, I'm not defending. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm just comparing compar- and contra- contrasting, right? So right. Jay said what he said on TakeOver. You know, I know who I pay God search like the publishing. Right. But then Nas said a lot of things. Show off. I count door off. Ether, you right. That wasn't true. It was jokes. A rule just you. poking at you. used to rap like the fool snicking. <laughs> but Jay said shit that, you know, we believe. We like, oh, yeah. search like, what? For credit- years, I, I believe that. Credibility. But you know what's funny? It's crazy. You talk about credibility, but so few people mention the six songs that Nas created, Surviving the Times, that he gives me and shows me love. Mm-hmm. Rebel Love Hip Hop coming through a white rapper. Nobody ever talks about the love that he shows me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, wow. Well, Jay has made a big deal in letting everybody know that he doesn't lie in his rhymes. So when he says, I paid Searchlight Publishing. Yeah, but, but that's the danger. But not, like, but I know. But like, like, yeah, if but, you, yeah, people but, look at you, it's like, yo, he's the, he's the real guy. He's gonna, the mm-hmm. day you decide to just twist the truth a little bit, it's going to sell. And then the Nas, didn't Jay also say, only believe half of what I say and not, yeah, and not a, nothing, yeah. nothing of what I, nothing and what you with, and with that said, I will see. kill niggas dead. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, so... Why can't this just be, you know, what it's always been, which is a beautiful essay of wordplay and us appreciate the wordplay. You know what I'm saying? Like it's always mm. come down to how real, not even real, authentic. Authentic. And sometimes we have to scale back and say, yeah, it comes from an authentic place because we live in an authentic place. If the man says authentically, you ain't get a dime, dude. You was getting fucked then. I know who I pay God searchlight publishing. There's there's no way to see it. There's no in your window. It just yeah. is what it, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it is. It's just a statement. It doesn't sound tongue in cheek. It sounds yeah, but it was also right. a, it was on a battle run. Right. And like yeah, but the every the, the whole the whole point of that specific battle, I think one of the reasons why it gets so much credence is because of the authenticity that we believe to be. Yeah, in I mean, those it was, lines. listen, it was our Ali Fraser. I showed mm. you your first tech. Mm. Yeah, yeah, one, yeah, yeah, tech on the dresser. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then the stories come out corroborating that he actually he did show him the first. So why wouldn't we? You know, no, why would we not believe that? Right. Right. And yeah, not but believe I, the again, I think that it's. I think in my case, not in every case. I think it's in my case. It's easy to blame the white man. In my, it, it's not true, but it's easy because it's believable in nine times out of ten. It's easy to believe. And nine times out of ten, it's, it's already a sold story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it's, but for me, if you were in the room with me, when I made the decision with my wife mm-hmm. to do this with Nas, I told her the same thing I told my lawyer is I'm not going to be the Jew that fucks the black man. I will not be that guy. Mm. I will not be Morris Levy. I will not be Ahmed Erdogan. 
I will not be any other. I will not. I will break the mold. Mm. Yes, sir. Why was that important for you? Yeah. For the exact same reasons I got in the game. Because I was, a, I was given my ghetto pass. When a ghetto pass really was something. Yeah. When it really had credence. Right. When I was allowed to go to 165th and Gates and go see Ultramagnetic and not get robbed. Because the word was out, hey, my man Serge is coming, leave him alone. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. that was a, like my routine was Latin Quarter, Union Square, rooftop, SNS. Downtown was downtown, but Decepticons ran downtown. Right. Mm -hmm. So the original 50 Cent and his brother A Rock had my back because mm. I went to school with all of them mm. in, at Uskanoi. Rest in peace. Then I go to Latin Quarter, I'm good. Because everybody know me there. Then I go to 155th, to fucking Uptown, mm -hmm. I'm good. And then I go to the fucking, I'm going to SNS at five o'clock in the morning, and nothing happens, ever, mm -hmm. nothing. It's because of the respect I gave people, and because they knew I was not coming in to do anything that was counterintuitive. I was not here to be, Chuck T used to lovingly refer to me as his favorite white spy. Hmm. Because, would take <laughs> because I would go into meetings and then they'd leave me behind and because of his face and these eyes, they would say things that they wouldn't say in front of Chuck. And then you come back. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, and I would yeah. tell them everything. Awesome. Hmm. MC I, Search is the original Eminem. Nah. MC Search paved the way for Eminem. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't say it. Can I pave the way, bro? He's MC Search. Yeah, I think Eminem is Eminem. Yeah, yeah, but I you think, paid. I think you paid. Yeah, but I don't. Him. But I don't think oh, well, saying the original Eminem. Yeah, is like, that's, it's, it's, it's almost like saying it's like, he's the fake one. You, you know? know? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah I, I don't. I think true. Eminem paid his own dues. Like, yeah, facts. You know, the the fact of the matter is, I'm fortunate enough that I spent seven years in Detroit. I was the first non-African American to ever host the most legendary urban station in the history of the country, WJLB, right. and um, I had the number one show there, and. I saw what he did. I saw how he had a battle at the lounge. Like I met with, you know, those dudes. I, like I, I knew, knew the Cardi Boys. Shout out to the Cardi Boys, Low Lewis, Killer Gans. Shout out to all of y'all. Detroit stand up. What up though? So all of those dudes. I met all the dudes that battled them. I met Low Lewis. I met the guys who lost to him. Trust me when I tell you that earned every stripe he had. Facts. Every stripe. And then, every everyone stripe. that I speak to from the D, they were like, "Listen." Ain't with no problems with him. No, and he sat. He sat with his head. Hat, he sat with his hoodie low, and when and when he had a, he would go, and and that's you know. And proof was rest in peace, proof. Rest in peace. Um, yes. You know, like those guys, and also trick 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 trick. So many family. Yo, Goon Squad. Shout out to Goon Squad. So like all of my Royce, I see you, all of those people. Like though, it was. Nothing but love for me in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Like, I would go there and hang out with Dilla in the 90s beat shop. Rest in peace, Mama Yancey, shout out to Dilla, rest in peace. Mm -hmm. So it was natural for me in 2003 to want to go and do radio in Detroit. It was just, I saw, you know, I was one of these people. I don't know if you like this, but when I told my mother that I wasn't going to take a four-year free ride 
to the St. Louis School of Music at George Washington University in St. Louis to be an MC, to rap. My mother said, what do you mean? You're going to rap gifts at two guys? Like, what's this rap thing? Like, what do you mean rap? Yeah. I said, no, there's this whole culture and it's DJing and breakdancing and this is emceeing and then rap. She goes, well, so what's your plan? I said, I just, I just told you my plan. <laughs> be a rapper. She said, no, no, no. If you're going to give away four years of a free ride to college, I need to know what your plan is. Right. And I had to sign my letter of intent on Monday, that Monday, and it's Friday. So I made a plan. Like I literally wrote, okay, I gotta find a producer. I gotta, uh, made a plan. And I stuck to that plan and I gave myself three and a half years. And you, showed three her, years. you showed her the plan. Oh yeah, so Monday morning I showed her the plan and because I lived in Far Rockaway, it was from Far Rockaway to 135th Street, it was two hours and 22 minutes on the train every morning and two hours and yeah. 24 minutes back. So- um, A train. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. So, yep, where is it? There it is. Right there. Yeah. So I would have to get up at like 4 o'clock in the morning, 4.30, to catch the 6.02. That was the absolute latest train. That would get me to the city by 8.22, and my first class was at like 8.25. So to run up St. Nicholas, all them steps, 452 steps. To get you to counted the steps. Four years, bro. Four years up and four down. Years. Four years up and down. Yep, yep. So anyway, so, um, but that was the last train. So my mother's woke up, I wrote down the whole plan, and she goes, okay, I'll tell you what. This is a great plan, done. She goes, however, here's what's gonna happen. If it doesn't happen, you go back to school and you get out of my house, or you get a job and you get out of my house, or you move back to school and get a job and get out of my house, but either way, you get out of my house. (laughs) So I said, fine, because you know, as a Jewish mother, like college, I might as well, you know, have hit the lottery. Mm-hmm. And three years I made it. So my mother gave me two letters. When I signed my deal to Def Jam, she gave me two letters. The first letter said how proud she was of me and that I wouldn't really understand what I accomplished until I had children of my own. And mm-hmm. that getting to sign the Def Jam was not the end goal, it was the starting line. Thanks. That all the work that I had put in all the three years to get there is the starting line. And that she was super proud of me and she loved me and all that. The second one was a bill, rent, insurance, clothing, <laughs> studio time. <laughs> Fact though, she wanted to, re- she wanted to recoup. She wanted to recoup. In the recording industry, I need to recoup all that bread I raised you off of. $17,963.43. And, and so I said, Mom, Mom. <laughs> Mama, Mama. Right. I love yeah. you and thank you for the letters. Yeah. But I only got $15,000 in advance. I'll give you 5,000 towards that bill. Right. But I'll give you the rest through my ASCAP royalties. And she said, "Well, what? What's ASCAP?" I said, "Oh, every time my record plays on the radio, right. you'll get a check." So she was thrilled. So she'd call me and go, "Michael, do you know your record played in Israel? You made 78 cents in Israel and in Germany. Oh, shit. Wow. Michael, let me ask you a question. Why is it that wow. when your record plays on BLS and KISS, you only make 42 cents, but when it plays on Z100, you make $1.15? That doesn't seem fair to me. Right. Mm. So she was, she was so 19, on it. She, yeah, she just, I, so 1996. So now I get where this whole thing, where it comes from. Your yeah. mom's very well, my thorough. Father, well, my yeah. father, and my father was on Wall Street. Yeah. So my father played. Oh, he, hell. he played D one. Well, two things. My father played. <laughs> he played D one basketball. Right. So he played D one basketball at Alabama, and he played D one basketball at Sony, mm-hmm. at SUNY, um, SUNY Birmingham, Binghamton. Excuse me. Um, 
and he was on Wall Street. So my father, either we played hoops or he would call me in his office and say, Michael, come here. My mother and father's love languages is two Jewish parents was yelling at each other. It didn't matter what they said. <laughs> Michael, come here. Yeah. Ross, what? <laughs> I love you, but I'm waiting for dinner. I'm starving. <laughs> Shut up. I'm making dinner. I love you too. That was their love language. <laughs> Michael, come here. All right. What is it, Dad? Wow. Think, look, I think look. I know where you get it from, Jim. Yeah. Look. <laughs> you see what I did here? Do you see what I did here on the market? Right. What are you talking about? Look what I sold. I, what am I looking at? Look what I sold. <laughs> what do you, what? 3,500 shares. I sold it. But I, I bought it this morning at this. So I made $152. Do you, today, that's what I made. So I, I learned the market from my father. How to, mm. you, you buy low, you sell high. Right. One of my favorite stories, my father, my mother, she was beefing about the refrigerator. I was maybe five or six years old. Beefing. Refrigerator's broken, hates the refrigerator. Fine. How much is the refrigerator? $500. Fine. Give me the money. Right? Because my father, no credit cards, you know, $500. Goes to the market. He had a seat on Wall Street, Barron Corporation. Goes to the market. Comes back. Brand new refrigerator and $500 in his hand. Why? Because he bought and sold enough with the money to buy a new refrigerator and make another 500 profit. Awesome. Mm. Fire. So, learning the market and playing ball and watching Alabama football, roll tide roll, was right. all I did right. my entire life with my parents. So, the bill, 1996, I get a letter paid in full. Mm. All the ASCAP royalties paid in full. So now that goes to a trust to my kids. Where, where did you start learning ASCAP? I know artists today who avoid that entire conversation. Oh, no, I, no, 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 no. My, 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 well, first of all, I was fortunate that my mother and father were my business managers. Hmm. So they were definitely. Yeah, they were, they, were, they, 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 were, they were. They were on it. Ah, you, so, you want to pay you know, my son. So, you know, so while right. my mother and father didn't understand what ASCAP or BMI was, they understood how the royalties work. And I because I heard all the horror stories from Chuck D and Jam Master J, may it rest in peace, mm -hmm. and everybody else, like, I wasn't gonna be that guy. Right. You know, I was gonna break, I was gonna break the mold. Mm -hmm. Did you know when you signed your contract about all that stuff? No, because if I knew all that stuff, I never would have signed a Def Jam. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I never saw a royalty check, ever. Mm -hmm. I'm still, to this day, I'm recouped. Wow. But to this day? I'm to this recouped. day, I've never, third base has never received a royalty Check. How many, how many copies did you sell? A little over two and a half million. On Death on Cactus, unrecouped. That's crazy. But, 35 year rule, December 1, I get it all back. And it all wipes away. The and by the way, we're doing 250 million streams a year. Mm -hmm. What? And still. To this day. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So Yo, how does that, 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 that slaps, bro? That's the Cactus album is crazy. That no, it is. is. It is. So crazy. when December 1st happens, good money. Gucci, the rest of my the life. The debt goes away. Everything. Everything. And that's the beautiful part about the 35-year rule is that no matter what happened before, it all gets wiped away. Right. Wow. And, and the other thing that's interesting, too, and this is the other thing, getting deep in the weeds. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm not boring y'all at home. I know you want to hear some other flash shit. Mm -hmm. But... Um, no, this is so this is so this is the thing that's interesting. So most artists uh -huh. peak 
you're making four points or five points on an album. Yeah. So what are four or five points? Well, that's an, in ratio to what the album sells, right? Right. So if you're making four or five points on $10, what is that? Per album? What did you say? So if you're selling, if you're getting four to five points and your album sells for $10 to $12, what are you making as an artist? About four to five dollars per album. About a dollar. No, that would be that four points. No, because that's that would be fifty percent. That would be fifty yeah, points. Like a dollar and point dollar four. ten. Low point four. It would be seventy four. It would be point four. Four, four cents. It would be less than a. Yeah. Be so you're making like about penny. maybe yeah, you're Not making even. about twenty four cents, twenty five if you're getting a better deal. But yeah, four or five points yeah. on ten dollars is about twenty five cents 5. an album. That's great. Right? Wow. That's right. No, it's Compared amazing. to CDs so, and tapes. So, back in the so, days. so, so. You, you signed it, bro. You signed it. You asked, that. you signed yeah. it. That. Period. So, oh, but now let's flip that. So let's flip this for one second. So, the revenue on my record now is whatever, four or five points. So now when I get my thing back, Masters, pause, man. right? <laughs> <laughs> I get my thing back. Yeah. <laughs> I own 85% of the master because I still have a rate of 15% that has to go to Universal. Right. But now mm. I'm making 85% an album on mm. every stream. Mm. Mm. Wow. But don't, but, 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 but isn't, isn't it with, you have, and they so haven't released the Cactus album in 25 Years. Yes. So you're going to re-release it. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. He oh, said, yes. oh, yes. Wait, so 3D, but, but it, 3D mastering, everything. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. But don't you have to sell a certain amount of streams to make about 100 bucks? So the streaming numbers are, are close to that. It's 0. 0.0038 per stream. <laughs> That's on freemium. On premium, it's 0. 0.0025. So for 1,250 streams, it's about seven bucks. Compared to JPEG. So, so now, but yeah, but you can say that all you want, but you're still looking at a 60 to 70 million subscriber rate. Mm. So what I always say is it's always about the tonnage. I would rather do tonnage at 0 0.0025 than JPEG at 1,000 or 2,000 subscribers or 3,000 or 5,000 subscribers mm. at 10. So because no, I wasn't. I wasn't no, no, talking no, about JPEG. I'm talking about JPEG. The prison. J oh no, prison oh, stuff where it's oh, hard yeah, sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They no, can you make eighty, right, 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 right. You make eighty right. to ninety percent per sale. Right. Hard sale. Right. But so. but you're still again. You're still you're talking about a yeah. Smaller market. You're still right, talking right, about right. four. Let's say it's four hundred, five hundred thousand people. You still need a hundred percent of them to buy a record every day to equate to sixty million Spotify users. 400 whatever <laughs> Apple users, yeah. 35 million Tidal mm. users, mm. 20 million Pandora users right. every day. day. On each platform. Yep. Every yeah. day. But yeah, and every I platform pays different. Right. Yeah. They all have, they all, they so all yeah, so I'm saying. Because Tidal has the best rate. Yeah. And it's still point zero something. And that's yeah. okay. Like, I think what people get caught up on is oh, it's this, oh, it's that. <laughs> well, please. Build a platform that gets 60 million users and give me a dollar. 
It's the elimination. I got, I got to ask, though. Did, 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 have you ever pondered on how they came up with the point zero zero zero? Yeah. So I, it, it's a combination of a lot of things. And the big part of it is the licensing agreement between the labels and, and, and the actual distributor. So DSP stands for Digital Service Provider, right? right? right. So the digital service providers, everybody got to eat, right? You know, mm-hmm. So the labels made a deal. Spotify made a deal. And they said, okay, this is how we can function with our servers. Running a server at that size, it, it's a lot of money. Right. Then you have operation costs, it's a lot of money. Then you have legal, it's a lot of money. Like all of that stuff is a lot of money. And I'm not trying to do that myself with all due respect. Yeah. I'm not trying to do that respect. You, you do it. Let me just deliver the music. Right. And let's figure out how to find it. Mm. Like I'm better, I'm much better at marketing and promoting myself than I'm figuring out the schematics of a hard server with a hard line to multiple IPs. Like, I'm not trying to even go back to school for that. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'd much rather understand it. And then if I think you are off, your math is off, then I can just send you what's called a desk audit. Mm. Now, it's not a forensic audit. It's just a desk audit. It's like, your homie, show me the numbers. But, give, but given the, the, the advancement of technology, these servers become... I feel less so fucking less. bad. There's nobody watching this at this point. There's like, no, 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 no they're gonna watch no, 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 history. <laughs> oh, fucking, yo, Fat Joe stood up with fucking sir, 30 bands sir, in his hand, no, no, and I'm talking about point zero zero three eight on the DSP. Fucking like this fucking white boy is boring as fuck. Nah, sir. No, yeah, where's the baby at? Where's that motherfucker at? Damn, can we get fucking fucking Herbo G in? Yeah, like where the fuck is he at? G Herbo. G Herbo. They need to know this. They want to know this. Where is Moneybag Yo? Like, can I speak to Yo, please? No. <laughs> part, of, part of the five hours we spent with Guru was him explaining yeah, a lot yeah. of this. all this stuff. Yeah, but Guru's like, it, okay, anyway, go ahead. Okay, people want to hear this. Yeah, don't tell yourself short. I have a story we can bring up later that, that I think will. But I do want to ask. With the advancement of technology, it, these things become easier to manage and the cost of maintenance to take care of these things goes down. No, I disagree. I think it's the opposite. It goes up. I think so. I, that's my personal opinion. I, there could be people that disagree. I think even in the metaverse, what you're going to find is that the more bit rate there is, and the higher the bit rate goes, mm-hmm. the more those costs are going to skyrocket. And it's going to be just very hard to manage the same kind of numbers that Snoop is getting, the same kind of numbers. You know, when you start talking about Verizon bit rate numbers, that, you know, it's one of my businesses that I'm building. We have a, a company called Unition, and we, we deal with virtual festivals all the time. And, mm-hmm. Verizon bit rates, that, that's, a, that's a hefty number, bro. It's a hefty number. So I... I Politely disagree. Okay, so let's rewind. Sure. So Simmons massaging your shoulders. Right. You get signed. Yeah. What happens from there? Yeah, that was that was a mission. So so to be honest with you, he says it, but then he doesn't really do it. Hmm. So he sent us a contract that was bullshit. I'm just gonna keep it a bean. Yeah. Um, it was a bullshit contract and we tried to figure out how to get a better deal. (laughs) It wasn't really working. Um, my favorite conversation during that whole time and one of my touring partners before my, my group 
was I would go on a, on the road with a, a very well known band out of Brooklyn called Stetsasonic. Yeah. And Daddy O was my Daddy O was yeah. Daddy O was not only my mentor and my friend, but he he was like a surrogate father to me. Mm. And what would happen is he he would love to take me on the road and then say, "Yo, I'm gonna bring my son out. He wants to dance for ya." <laughs> and they put on Go Stets and I'd come out and do the Running Man and go white boy, go white boy, like having a blast, right? right. So <laughs> Daddy O goes to Tommy Boy and Tom Silverman and says, "Hey, there's this group. You should sign third base." And we went in there and the whole thing. And Tom what, looks at us. What the name called? I'm sorry, third base? Yes. So originally the name of the group was Three to Hallway from the movie. Jim, Joe, yeah, Jim Kelly movie. Right. At the very last minute, uh, Universal didn't give us the rights to put out a music group. Mm. And the album was six weeks from coming out. Mm. And there's, a, there's actually a recording on the album of us meeting with Russell before the Gas Face song. It's an yep. actual recording of yep. our conversation of coming up with the name. And originally, we were going to call the group Three Blind Mics. Oh, we just thought it was God. fly. Yeah, I just thought thank it was fly. God. No, I know. I thought it was fly. But that was Three Blind Mics. I just thought it was fly. That was just I just thought it was fly. You just got to blindfold each other. No, no. No, we did. No, that's gimmicky. We just thought it was a dope, like a nice plant. We used to... Our whole thing was play on words, play that, on words. That wasn't Our the worst thing. name they yeah. came up with. In you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that wasn't they, the worst. They, trust me. <laughs> that wasn't the worst one. Yeah, nah, no, 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 no. We were fucking, we were fucking with them. We were fucking with Russell. Yeah. One of the names yeah. we came up with was Three Hard Dicks. <laughs> oh my god! We were fucking with them. Yo, I remember this. Remember this? Yeah, but we were fucking with them. Yeah, but we were like, yo, what do you think of the name Third Base? So what it was was my ex partner was. I remember that. He was a huge. He was a huge baseball. Fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were like, yo, but instead of BASE, third base, BASS. You know what I'm talking about. Thank you, brother. So I just want to get you involved mm-hmm. in the conversation because yeah, you're yeah. hard staring at me in the sun. So we recorded that conversation probably. Yeah, right. And then he was like, yeah, third base is dope, third base. So that's how we came up with the name. And the BASS is obviously music because mm-hmm. we're a group and it was three of us. So Wait, hold on real quick, it. but yeah. remember, Russell Simmons rubbing his shoulders, MC Search is running the streets, battling everybody. Where the partners coming at? So, yeah, so that's 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 an interesting story. So, um... Can, can't you tell he's been avoiding that? No, it's not that yeah, I've been avoiding I it. I just, I just, you didn't, nobody asked. You treat your partner. Why are you name? making I a was face like about that? that. You didn't ask. <laughs> 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 the rock. What's that face for? What's that face Because you treat your partner's name like Voldemort. He who yeah, shall exactly. not be named. He who shall not be named. He who shall not be named. He shall not be named. I like to keep positive energy around me. All right, cool. That's cool. You don't want to answer that, that's fine. So I just, that's what it is. Right. So I was signed to Rush. Man, as a rush management, as a solo artist, I was working with a producer named Sam Seva at the time, Mm. and I had already recorded four songs. The guy who signed Def Jam to CBS was a guy named Steve Rabowski, and Steve Rabowski went to A and M Records to run the entire music division. Right, A and M was one of the most legendary labels in the history of music. They just signed Janet Jackson. They, you know, just A and M was they would they would they would have shit. Right. And it was started by Herb Albert, and you know, it was just beast music label. So this kid from New York who signed Def Jam to Columbia is going out there. 
I get told by Lior that they're coming out to see me and that they love the demo and they want to sign me as MC Search. Solo. Yep. To A&M. But they want to meet me. Cool. But to be totally honest with you, I wasn't really in love with the demos that I made. There was something missing. It just... Mm. It just wasn't... What, what was it? I don't... I can't put my finger on it, but it was so evident that I don't even remember the names of the songs or what they sounded like. I don't even remember the demos. Damn. I just know I made four songs and they were coming out to sign me. Mm-hmm. And it was me and a kid out of Houston named Raheem, Prince Raheem out of Houston. Wow. And it was me and him and one of us was going to get signed as the first artist on a and But because Russell and Lior had already did Def Jam with Rabowski, more than likely I was the guy. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm. Prince Raheem. Yeah, Prince Raheem. Yeah. No, 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 that's, no, that's, no. That's, 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 that's Prince Rakim. That's Prince Rakim. Yeah, that was when he put out yeah. that solo record. We love you, Rakim. We love you, Rakim. On Tommy Boy. On Tommy Boy. Right. right. That was his first record. Yeah. Right. Right. And Tommy ain't my right. fucking right. boy. Right. Yeah. Right. So, right. So, the night before, I get a call from Sam. And he says, yo, look, you got to come see me. And Sam had a crib on Canal Street. Now, Sam, Selva, before I met him, he did five songs for Run DMC on the Tougher Than Leather album. He did Joy Sims. He did Mantronics. Like, he just was a monster. Right. And he said, yo, you got to come see me. I said, why? He said, look, Dante Ross called me last night. He asked me to step up. There was a dude in the studio. Everybody fronted on him. He asked me to come help him. This kid made a, a fucking monster song. And he's also signed to Rush. I just found out. They just signed him. He's your direct competition. So I think you should meet him. Before we go to meet A&M and all that, you should meet him. Mm. Okay. So I'm already feeling some type of way about my own music. Mm-hmm. So now he's tapping into my insecurities. Right. Mm. And I'm 20... No, I'm 19 years old. 18 years old. 19. And I had already had two records on the street that I put out independently that did okay. So this is, and this is before the battle, by the way. So I go and my ex-partner's there and they throw the beat on. Now, pivot real quick. So besides listening to hip hop, my biggest love is alt rock music. I love alternative music. Right. Some of my favorite bands, The Cure, Talking Heads. Mm. But one of my favorite bands was a band out of London called The Smiths. Mm. Meet is Murder, Queen is Dead. Like Morrissey, Johnny Marr, like this, like mm. that level. Um, I go in, he's there with Sam, and they throw on this beat that they did. And I hear the the and I hear him start rhyming, and I'm like, and my mind just goes, and I just wrote, branch of the hip hop typicals, you don't, you tone going low, showing you ain't got nobody home, and I was like, yo, let's go. We go into Chung King, and we recorded three songs right then and there. By the time they came to see me in the morning, we were already still in the lab. Still. Still. And Rabowski's there, and he, he's excited to see me. 
And I said, yeah, listen, uh, I'm not a soloist anymore. We got a group now called Three the Hallway. It's me, this dude, and Sam. And I'm gonna play you some song. Mm. And I played them Words of Wisdom, Product of the Environment, and- Product of the Environment was in there? Yeah, original, right? And Triple Stage Darkness. Those were the three. And he was with a guy named Scott Koenig, who was the rock guy. He did Slayer and he did everything for Def Jam. Great guy, love Scott. And uh, Steve, he's said it bopping and you know, we're just, just amped. And Steve goes, I don't, I don't know if I get the whole group thing, but let me get back to you. Mm. I said, all right, cool. He leaves. Mm-hmm. We start still recording because, I mean, Chung King, we had an open studio at the time. We could just be there wherever. Five minutes later, John King, who runs the studio, goes, okay, you're out. Get out. I said, wait. He goes, yeah, Lior. He said, you're dropped. Get out. And I said, wait, wait, wait what, 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 what? He's like, yep, you just ruined it. Supposedly, you fucked up your deal at A&M. This whole group bullshit. There's no more studio time. You're done. Oh, shit. I run to Rush. Lior. Lior. Yeah. So I run to Rush, 298 Elizabeth Street, because Chung King was right there on Green Street. Mm-hmm. I run over to Rush. Yo, what the fuck's going on? And thick, you know, Israeli Arabs. What the fuck is this bullshit with this fucking group? I signed a fucking soloist. You fucking go behind my back. You stab me in the fucking back for this group. Fuck this group. You're fu- I fucking quit. You fucking... Yeah. I'm like... Man. Wow. Oh, shit. I was dumbfounded. Right. He actually called my mother, Lior. Oh, no. And said, talk some sense into Michael. He just ruined his career. Talk some sense. My mother, mm. when I got home, she goes, Michael, why, why, why can't the other guy be like the side man? You know how Chuck D has flavor? Like, why can't you? And I said, Mom, that's, that's just not how it works. Worse. We're a group. It's, it... Michael, I'm very disappointed. Lior said you ruined your whole career, and, you know, they're not representing you anymore. So for two and a half years, I was on the street. Oh, wow. And that's wow. the battling. Correct. But, but it was that more about sense. being back in the Latin Quarter, dancing, you know, having a good time, hanging out, you know, going to the self-destruction videos and like, you know, being around, being in the scene, you know, and all of that. And then the battle happened and that's when Russell came back around and said, if anybody asks, you sign the Def Jam. Two, and, it was, and it was two and a half years later. Did Def Jam exist? Yes. At that time? Yeah. They had yeah. just put out um, LL Cool J, first album, radio. Wow. And they had just put out the BC Boys license ill. So they were the hottest thing smoking. What did, so what did you do to sustain yourself in those two years? Worked every job. I worked three jobs. So I'd wake up at six o'clock in the morning and I would go to Queens and pick up Yeshiva boys in my car and drive them to the Yeshivas in Rockaway. Right? I'd pick up four of them. Mm-hmm. And I'd make like $150, $200 a week doing that. Mm-hmm. And then I'd go from there to the Hartman Y on B-17th and I drove fruit, food trucks. And I brought food trucks to the five boroughs to the um, to like the to like the schools, inner city schools, right? Like daycare centers or whatever. Then I come home in enough time on my truck to pick up the kids from Yeshiva, take them home, mm-hmm. and then I'd come back home and go to the clubs. Mm. Hustle. Wow. And I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep ever. I don't think I, I remember one time 
I fell asleep on a Sunday and woke up on a Tuesday. I had a couple of days off. Damn. I remember, I remember that vividly that the only time I woke up was to piss. Like I literally slept for two days. I treated my house like a hotel. It was there to shit, shower, and shave. Yeah, and be that out. was it. And be yeah. out because that's what I had three years, bro. And year one, I almost had it, mm-hmm. and then I lost it, and then I had it, and then I lost it. Well, I gotta ask you this question: um, Do you think depriving yourself of sleep made you sharper? Wow, mm. that's a good question. That's a really good question. I never thought of it. I will share with you that there were times where it almost killed me. Like I fell asleep behind the wheel um, driving home. And like I woke up and like pretty scary moment. Right. I was coming back from uh, the SNS. I think you hung out with me there. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and I was, I was there everywhere, yo. And I'd gotten there from the rooftop. Mm-hmm. So me and Starchild were at the rooftop together, and then we go to SNS. Right. And I love the SNS because it was like it would open at five o'clock in the morning. So you'd be in there till five o'clock to like 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Starchild would DJ, there'd be rulers in there, there'd be dice games, there'd be bad ones, you know, all of that. And then one o'clock, so I was on my way home and I hadn't slept in two days. Yeah. And I was on the Triborough mm-hmm. and I almost. Drove into a divider. Wow. Like a, yeah, mm. I mean, yeah. Did you wake like, up like, oh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's the big wake up. You know, right. that's when you roll down the window, your head's out the window, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, like all of right, that. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, but did depriving yourself of sleep, did it make you sharper? Mentally? You know what? I, I was so young, I don't know if I thought of it that way. I just know that I felt, I felt that clock. Like, I felt that clock. Mm. And I knew that every day, that I wasn't out there getting it was a day that made that time shorter. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I think it wasn't depriving me of sleep as much as it was depriving me of time to think. Because if I would have thought, I think it would have created more chaos about mm. what was really going on. Right. So I wasn't, I was just doing this. I was just straight, you know, like how they talk about With tiger the sharks. On. Yeah, yeah, like tiger sharks only swim straight, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And if they stop swimming, they die. Like that was my whole mo that I had this number. I had to get to that number, and that number was three and a half years, or I'm fucked. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. When you had the car accident, or slightly, how, how did your perspective change? Um, it taught me to go to sleep. Get some sleep. Get some goddamn sleep, man. It's not like it wasn't the first time it happened. It wasn't the last time, but it just makes you more careful. You know, it makes you more careful. Um, you feel you woke up by your own sheer will, or do you feel something woke you up? I think there's a mechanics that you come with when you're driving, right? Like you can't be just solely comfortable based on exhaustion. You still realize there's certain mechanics. There's a foot on an accelerator. There's hands on a wheel, you know? So there's still this level, and most people can talk about it, like there's still this level of awareness even when you fall asleep behind the wheel, like, oh shit, I'm still behind mm-hmm. the wheel, but damn, this feels good. Just, just close my eyes real quick. That's a fact. You know, and it's yeah. just... So there, I think there was this level of awareness that kind of woke me up before. Um, I remember one time I was on Rockaway Parkway just before I got to Rockaway. It was like four or five o'clock in the morning. 
and I fell asleep in my car. I veered off, and um, I, I mean, I, I damn near veered off, hit a, almost hit a fence where the JFK is. And I just said, fuck it. I just pulled over right there and I fell asleep. I mm-hmm. said, fuck it. I'm not even driving until I feel comfortable to wake up. It was 4 o'clock in the morning. I woke up at 3 o'clock in the afternoon yeah. to a cop. Hey, you hey, got to move. You got to move, yeah. And I was like, I, yes, I've done yes. that millions yeah. of times. Yo, yo. Millions One, of Once stuff. was enough for me. I'm no tourist. Oh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, this is, this is funny. <laughs> I fell asleep on Beach 9th Street and Seeger Boulevard at a red light that turned green. And I literally was, and I was smart enough to put the car in park. Right. And a cop was behind me and I, and I dozed and he, and my mother and father were very involved in the 101st precinct. My mother actually got a ward from Mayor Koch calling her the one woman war against crack because she started a whistle campaign for seniors to go. And anytime they saw crack deals, they would blow a whistle. Right. Mm-hmm. So she got a, a accommodation and the guy, he's like, Michael, I've been behind you for five lights. You need us to drive you home. I was like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. He's like, you're not, your eyes are not even open. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they drove me home and they drove me home wow. and they, uh, they took me home. Um, yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. You, know what's, you know what's crazy is that when you look at some of the greatest thinkers and achievers, in, in our generation or past generations, a lot of them didn't sleep that much. Yeah. The Michael Jordans, the Kobe Bryants, the Wayne Gretzky's, whoever. You want to name it. It's like you're, train, well. you're training yeah. your mind. That <laughs> and also being tired. Yeah. There's less, less indecisiveness. Unfortunately, right. the opposite's also true. Adolf Hitler, Genghis Khan, Donald Trump, they only slept three hours a night. Yeah. Right. Yep. You, you feel like you're missing something. Good or evil. Yeah. Listen, you know who the, the, most, the most Only famous cokehead? Does anybody know who the most famous cokehead is? No. Dal Strawberry? That's funny, no. by the way. No, that's terrible. <laughs> that's that's actually terrible. terrible. No, it's actually pretty <laughs> funny. It's funny. Dal Strawberry. No, could have said another one. Dal Gooden. You could have said Dal Gooden. Yeah. Albert Rick Einstein. James? Really? Albert Einstein. Really? He was a cokehead? He chewed coca leaves every day of his life. Oh, wow. Well, I had no every idea. Day of his adult life. Wow, I had yeah. no idea. Wow. Yeah, me neither. Wow, Word. impressive. Yeah. It's crazy. Impressive. I wrote a project on him. I didn't even know that. Wow. So they're not going to tell you that. You didn't know that? You didn't know that? You know that? You ain't know? Yeah. <laughs> you ain't know? You know that guy you're studying? So here's, so so here's, so here's the thing that I've never told anybody, and I'm going to tell you because you're an MC. The whole thing about the deal and all of that, it was all a lie. That my people lied to me in order for me to create the group. Wait, Wait huh? what? Huh? The fact that my ex-man, partner, was signed to Rush was a lie. Never was signed. Wow. Wow. If they would have just been honest with me, I would have signed to, to A&M. Now, I'm not saying I would have had a career. Mm-hmm. I still would have had KMD, because right. Ev Love X was my man, and Gas Face, those were my boys. GYP was my people. We would have just done what we did. Right. I'm not saying I would have had the success I had because mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been signed to Def Jam. But all of that was a lie. He was never signed. When did you find that out? Three years ago. Three Holy years ago. Holy shit. What the fuck? 
Is that why you guys have? <laughs> is that where the no, animosity is that, comes is from? That the, no, is that no, why the no. name no. has not been said? This no, whole no. I like to keep positive energy around. That's the second time you've answered. That I do way. too. You know, that's the well, second. And that's time. why. I but when it comes to, to your history, show. make sure who you how are. do you how do you write them out? Strike them from from I the can. history books. And it's just it's not, just not for me to say. It's not for me to talk about. Right. I had a. So I, I mentioned Johnny Marr from The Smiths. Mm-hmm. We've become very close, become very, very close friends. We actually make music together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, he's done like three or four songs on my, my, my new project. And we talk about the similarities between my old partner and his old partner. And one of the things that we have in, in common is that The Smiths will never have a reunion. And the reason is that Morrissey, the lead singer, will never get back on stage with them. Well, now, there's a famous story mm-hmm. about the Smiths that I think is interesting and in how it relates to me. Right. And with me, it's a, it's a much smaller, but I think it's interesting. And I want to share it mm-hmm. with you here. There was a rumor. It's always a rumor, right? Because you don't, never know until you hear from the horse's mouth. Right. The rumor is that when Irving Azoff, Guy Osiri, and Michael Rapino created Live Nation, they were all big Smiths fans. They went to Johnny and the existing living members of the Smiths and said, listen, 20 shows, $500 million, yes or no? And they said, absolutely, as long as you can get Morrissey to do it. They went to Morrissey. They said, 20 shows, stadiums, $500 million. Morrissey set up and said, you could take that number and times it by infinity and I'll never get on stage with those miserable cunts. Sheesh. Just whatever. It's just his choice. And this relates to you in what way? I got a call for the, <laughs> at the time, I get a call from the Art of Rap tour. Right. Van Silk and Ice-T. And they say, look, the people want it. It's the renaissance. It's time. Do it for the fans. Do it for them. Mm-hmm. Choose your number. Mm. You, you don't even have to see to do it. He comes on one side and somebody says, yeah, it's like Hall & Oates. Hall and Oates perform all the time. Mm-hmm. Daryl Hall comes on one side, John Holtz, they perform, they leave, they never talk. And I said, you can take that number. <laughs> the time's about infinity. <laughs> and I'll still get on that fucking stage. And I'll never get on that fucking <laughs> what stage. What happened? I like to keep positive energy around me. Uh, let me That's say something to that. I, I grew up looking wow. at you guys and um I should have been saying time, this all week. The whole time. <laughs> I should have been saying this all week. Oh, the entire time when I was growing up watching you guys, it was clear that you guys probably wasn't so much in sync, but that's what made the group. Jordan and Rodman didn't get along. Yeah. Jordan and several people on the team didn't get along, but that made a dynamic championship team. Mm-hmm. You and that, you and P. Nice. Y'all had y'all are third base. Y'all made you whatever third base became. He's a part of that. You know what I'm saying? That that's the both of y'all. And his opposite to you is what really made because there's not to be. I I don't. I looked at it and he was like, so here's the white guy and here's the guy that is down with us. Mm-hmm. But the other guys, really not. But that was interesting. And that really I want to take your analogy, set the dynamics. And I, and I don't disagree, but I want to take your an- analogy and just put a, a spin on it. 
Jordan and Rodman didn't play just that by themselves. They had Cartwright, they had BJ Armstrong, they had Pippen, they had a Rodman. team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they didn't have to worry about each other. Mm-hmm. They could play in a system and an ecosystem that didn't rely on them. In this scenario, it's only me and him. No Rich Nice, he doesn't count. You can't it's just Richie me and him on, the, on that stage. The Richie Rich, excuse me. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's it. Why would I want to coexist around energy that doesn't make me happy? I still perform all the time. Uh, Can you make it right with them? Can you make it to where the energy? Never. Never I got the answer. I can't wait to hear this. What's the answer, Math? Holograms. <laughs> it's crazy. That's, that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It is. You ain't never got to talk it to is. You in your living room, nothing. He's in his living room. Here's the thing. And again, look, we all have our um, certain elements in our life that we want around us and don't. Right. What I learned in my recovery and, and going through my recovery is, you know, there's a uh, tradition. It's a 12th tradition. The 12th tradition says that anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities, right? right? For me, toxic environment is something that I cannot be around Mm -hmm. because it will deny me of my anonymity. It will take away from the core of who I am. Right. And that is just not worth any amount of money in the world. And I have created a business for myself and my family that sustains me very healthily without the need to perform. Right. And I still perform. I am the only MC in the history of Disney to perform at Epcot. The only one wow. at the Food and Wine Festival. Every year. Hmm. Every what? year. Quietly, humbly on the low every year. And I tear that motherfucker down. Mm-hmm. I perform at the Russell Wilson golfing event in June every year. And I tear that down. I perform with Hootie and the Blowfish and Darius Rucker, who by the way is the biggest old school hip hop fan in the world mm-hmm. in Myrtle Beach, North Carolina at Monday after the Masters. And I tear that fuck up down. What records do you perform? Pop goes the weasel and usually gas face. Mm. And I tear that motherfucker down. And I bring fan, I bring friends. Like one year I surprised. Last year I surprised them and brought out Special Ed. Mm. They lost their minds. Wow. Year before that I brought out Chub Rock. Lost their minds. Mm. It's it's about Chubrock. keeping energy. Yeah, Chub, come on. Yeah, Chubb. Come on, Chubb. Come on, Chubb. Come, Come on, on Chubb. through. Come on through. Brooklyn, they need Brooklyn in we here. We got the same birthdays, Ed. We got Brooklyn the same birthday. Me and you, Brooklyn. May 16th. I've been through that. You know what I mean? So, um, so um, it's a, for me, it's always about good energy. And there's no money you can put on that. Like, yeah. you know, I, I, I raised my kids to believe that if you follow your passion, you never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. You chase opportunity, money comes. You chase money, it runs. Be happy where you are. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the success you have. Don't worry about the things you miss. Were there times you were happy? You guys well, made amazing yeah. music. How? When did it go bad? I mean, 
As a matter of fact, I'm going to ask you for two moments. Yeah, sure. The best time that you had ever Mm -hmm. with Pete and the worst. Um, So when we first got to to London, Mm -hmm. um, there was a uh, law that they were trying to pass called the poll tax, P-O-L-L. The poll tax basically stated that every person under a roof Parliament was trying to pass this. Had to pay a tax. I'm sorry? Not Wu-Tang? No. Okay. <laughs> PLO stuff. Yes. Yeah, 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 no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well played, by the way. Right, yeah, we, yeah, well yeah, played. Yeah, yes, yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah. right. MC status, by the way. Right. Um, that every person living under a roof had to pay a flat tax of 2,500 pounds. So if you were a mom, a dad, sister, brother, 2,500 pounds, fine. But in the black and brown communities in Brixton mm-hmm. and in Camden, well, you had Trinity families, you had Caribbean families, and they had 10, 12 people living under a roof. Mm-hmm. Right. It would have broke them. Mm-hmm. Easy. Because the average family at that time in 1989 was making 40,000 pounds a year. Right. Maybe 45. Those families weren't even making that. Mm-hmm. To say there was civil unrest is an understatement. They made 92 in LA look like a campfire. Mm. And we're performing at Brixton Academy with Public Enemy. Mm. And Brixton Academy is one of the oldest venues in in the history. Shakespeare Mm -hmm. debuted plays at Brixton Academy. Right. Amazing. At dirt floors. Mm -hmm. And speakers up to the ceiling. We got the hottest record. Gasway is the hottest record. And Chuck taught me something. And it's a great story, but it's a whole other story. But Chuck taught me that if you're the hottest artist, he doesn't, doesn't care. If you're the hottest artist, you close. Didn't even matter if it was Public Enemy's tour. You close. Right. And I'm like, Chuck, are you out of I am not following Public Enemy. Griff, S1W's Terminator X flavor. Like, I don't mm-hmm. care. He said, Serge, you got the hot, you got, you got the record, you close. Okay. They go out, that's when the crowd is going, I mean, crowd is, it's, it's nothing but brothers and sisters in there. Mm-hmm. And it's, and Flavor's addressing the poll tax and Chuck's, and the crowd's going great and it's just, and Flavor climbs up the speakers and the, and it's just, it was one of the greatest shows I ever saw. Right. So, we come on. Crowd goes Crazy. My energy is through the roof. I'm dancing my ass off. Go white boy. Go white boy. Go white. <laughs> Closing the show with search. Mm-hmm. Gas face. Do doom to do. Ah! Everybody, MCs, and the whole crowd, MC search. Cut it off. Cut it off. Cut it off. Black cat is bad luck. Bad, Bad guys wear black. black. Must have been the same queen that set up the poll tax. Get the doodle. Oh! Oh! Chaos. Running the streets. Chaos. <laughs> Next day, London Times. MC Search gives the queen a gas face at the live performance. Crazy. Oh, that's crazy. We leave the country. We come back. Brixton was 4,000 people. We do Wembley three months later, 140,000 sold out. Mm. 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 
540,000. Was that the biggest crowd? Ever. 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 I've never, ever been in front of 140,000 people. And it's everybody, and it's daytime, and it's black, white, everybody. And this place is rocking. Mm-hmm. And we do gas face. Every MC, and I don't even, and the whole crowd, black cat is bad luck. Bad guys wear black. Must have been the same queen that set up the poll tax. I just did this. And they just and the whole crowd. The whole that's mm. time ever. Fire. I, I, this Best is time good ever. stuff, man. That's time ever. Worst time. Worst time. When we broke up, the group broke up. Come on, man. We need more details than that. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, give you that. And I, I you know, but it's the truth and it is what it is. What was it over? He called my wife a bitch. Mm. Called her out a name. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. Yeah. And by the way, by the way, that 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 wasn't even the worst of it. The worst of it was what happened after that when I had to go on the road without him and it, all of that. But I still tried to make it work, not once, but twice. Mm-hmm. 2000, we went on a, a tour with uh, D'Angelo and The Roots. Mm-hmm. We tried to do Ichabod's Cranium. Didn't work. 2013, tried to go out on the road again. Didn't work. Just mm-hmm. animosity? Just can't speak to each it was, other? It, just, it was just, it just, it wasn't, you know, my wife said to me something besides the fact that he never apologized. She could get over that because we had now built a life. We had three mm-hmm. beautiful kids. We, I sold Nouveau. I built Echo Unlimited. Like, I, you know, I, I, I've, I've had a career that most people could only dream of. I had a number one radio show. I had a number one television show. I had the number one liquor company in the world. I had the number one clothing company in the world. Like, these are not things that I worked for. These were mine. I owned them. You feel me? So I've had amazing success. And she said to me, after I tried to do a second show with him, she said, I'm not trying to be married to MC Search anymore. I want to be married to Michael. And if you want to go be MC Search and go be that, I just, I need to be out. Mm. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. Wife comes first. Yo, happy wife, happy life. Absolutely. And the other thing was, and the other thing, Absolutely. and the other thing was, my recovery is because of her. Mm. And, you heard and that? Listen, yeah, recovery. Yeah, and, you know, that and that my recovery is because of her too. You know, I was really good. Besides being a great MC, I was really good at hiding my drug of choice. Really good. She never knew. What was it? Never knew. I'd prefer to keep that to me. Okay. To you. Okay. But she never knew. Never knew that I used. Mm. You were functional. Not only fully functional, but really good at hiding it. Really good at hiding it. Really good at hiding it. It's like Spider-Man. You know, I was really good. Like, she never knew. And on November 10th, I said, fuck it. We were building a house. I had a shit ton of bread. <laughs> and I was high as a motherfucker and fly as a motherfucker. And I came home. Brand new convertible, zoned out. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me and saw my pupils were dilated, saw the glassy look. And she said, Michael, are you high? 
I said, yep, I'm high as a motherfucker and fly as a motherfucker. And if you don't like it, there's the door. Mm. Mm. Smacked me in my face, kept walking the dog. And on the second house, I heard her crying. And my attitude was, don't give a yeah. fuck. Yeah. I'm good. Look at what I got. Mm-hmm. Look what I got. Look what I gave her. She don't like it. There's a door. She can have half. She deserves half. Don't be mm over there, man. I heard you, man. You know? <laughs> she came back in the house. <laughs> and she said, uh, you're going to go to a meeting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, get clean from this moment forward. And she tested me and everything. Had a lawyer. I had to take drug tests. She said, if you don't get clean, I'm taking the kids and I'm gone. My wife is a black Puerto Rican chick from Queens. And she's lived by two mantras her entire life. Say what you mean, I mean what you say, and how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm. This woman's never mm. smoked, never lied, never cheated, never stole, been loyal, never, with all of the shit that I put her through, never left. Mm. Mm. Loyalty. So why could I not do this one thing for her? Mm. Right. So I go to this meeting in, uh, in Winter Garden, Florida, Never been to a meeting before in my life, by the way. Go in this meeting, everybody's so happy. Hugging each other. Oh, how you doing? Kibitzing, making little jokes. I'm miserable. How you fucking happy? I'm, I'm fucking miserable. What? I'm never gonna get high again. Coming down on? How am I gonna fucking, how? How many years did this last? Oh, I'm, since I was eight, 16 years old. Oh, Jesus, mm. the whole battling circuit, the whole deal? No. So here's the thing, I never used, when I battled, and I never used in the studio. No, but you still mm. would, you still had- After, yeah, yeah. okay. But I never used, I never used, yeah. But, but the thing was here, so the thing was this, and then again, this is just, it is what it is. I was, I could, from 16, about 33, 35, I could use and then put it back. Like I didn't, it was whatever. Same thing with drinking. I could drink a little, put it back. I didn't, I never, I never abused got, it. I never right. got drunk to the point where I was, oh no, that's not, I'm sorry, that's not accurate. One time, mm-hmm. I drank to the point where I was like blackout drunk. One time, one just time. one time, and then that was it. Right. I, I, I think I had gotten alcohol poisoning to the point where if I even smelled it, it made me nauseous. Hmm. So I just stopped. It just wasn't for me. But I could pick it up. Then and then and then it wasn't. But when we were in Detroit, there was this thing where it, it just, my family wasn't really happy, my kids weren't really happy, and I was ecstatic. I mean, I had written this plan, I had gotten to this plan, I told my wife the plan, how I was gonna get to Detroit mm-hmm. two years before it even happened. And it happened the day that I said it was going to happen. It was crazy. I don't use the G word. It's out of reverence. I call my high power Hashem. 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 Baruch Hashem. Right. So I knew Hashem was going to give me everything I wanted because I just, I just did what I did. Right. And it happened exactly like it was supposed to happen. Wow. And I was going to do 18 years of radio in Detroit and I was going to retire and it's a wrap. Yeah. I was Gucci. Done. Thing I didn't expect was my family to be miserable. Mm. My kids weren't white enough for the white kids. They weren't black enough for the black kids. As much as I love Detroit, Detroit is a racist fucking city. Mm. And it's just, you know, and it just, they were not happy. 
Hmm. And in my misery, I ran to the thing that I knew that could kill the pain. Mm. And that's when I became an addict. Mm. Wow. Mm. Right? Because I didn't want to feel the misery. I didn't want to feel that my family was miserable. Right. I didn't even want to deal with it. Because I was chilling. Mm-hmm. I'm on the, I'm, my radio show's number one. I'm about to get a, ra- a TV show, the white rapper show on VH1. I got shit popping. Like, I don't want to go home and see my kids crying. I don't want to see my wife miserable. There was one year that we were there. There was only nine sunny days the entire year. It set the record. Mm. My wife's a, a woman from the fucking Caribbean, man. Do you think she wants to be in this? Yeah, that's, that's like. She's a black Puerto Rican chick. Like she ain't death. trying to be in a. Yeah, it's man. Like death, bro. You know what I'm saying? No and I'm. Just... And I'm Happy, and I didn't like. There were certain things like I didn't even think about, right? Like one of the things I didn't think about was I was an entrepreneur my whole life. Mm-hmm. I, oh, we want to go somewhere? Let's go. Now I'm working for a corporation. I only get two weeks off a year, mm-hmm. and I can't leave during spring or fall book because it's the most important book. And I can't leave during this point, and I can't do that. I'm not used to that. We're gonna job. What? Fuck out of here. Right. I'm gonna leave whenever the fuck I want to leave. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Self-destruct, still have a number one show, still have all of that shit. Build Nouveau, blow that shit up, all of that shit. Go to this meeting, sit down, and there's a dude across from me, looks like a fucking KKK member. Got a leather cut on, patches, all them patches say some racist shit. Mm. He got a beard, long as hell, big, like, 400 pounds, got a bike outside. <laughs> One of them choke up bikes. Mm-hmm. Got a cut on the back. And all these people are happy. I'm like, the f- yo, sit down. They say some words I don't understand. They're talking about some shit I don't understand. They're going through steps I don't understand. Traditions I don't understand. Going through the meeting, asking about burning desire. Fuck is a burning desire. Desire to use or hurt somebody, hurt somebody else. Somebody gets up. Fuck is. I'm like this. And my whole thing was, I'm just going to go through this and play possum. Let my wife believe whatever she wants to believe, and I can go back out. Mm-hmm. Right. Wait, um, maybe three months. I'll give this like three months. This guy who looks like the racist gets up and says, I'm big rich and I'm an addict. He starts to tell his story, and his story is my life. This guy who looks nothing like me. And I, and I hand to my parents. I thought he was going to say some racist shit. I knew he was going to fuck me up, but just on GP of my wife, I, I knew I was going to have to punch him in his fucking face. Hmm. I just knew he was going to say some racist shit. And I wasn't giving, I, was, I know I'm going to get knocked out, but I got I to at least get one good one in. Right. <laughs> and he starts telling his story, and his story is my story. And I start bawling. All these people coming up to me, hugging me, telling me they love me, keep coming back. I'm like, you don't love me? What the fuck are you talking about? You don't even know me. Mm-hmm. You don't know what I put my family through. You don't know what I put my wife through. How do you love me? Keep coming back. I, my ego was so crazy. I, was, I went back and said, honey, I'm the most important person in that meeting. They told me that I got to keep coming back. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't keep coming back, that meeting closes. Like, I got to keep coming back. <laughs> like, my ego was so crazy. I was so, my, my mind, no matter how successful I was in business, and I was. Yeah. I was an addict. I was thinking like an addict. Right. And uh, I went to one meeting and they said, well, you know, don't leave until the miracle happens. They have all these great little sayings. Don't leave until the miracle happens. 
Go to 90 meetings in 90 days. Get a sponsor. You know, follow the steps. Right. Get numbers. Dial mm-hmm. them. Don't follow them. You know, like all of that shit. Mm-hmm. So the first 90 days didn't work. So I went to 120 days and that didn't work. So I went to 180 meetings. That didn't work. And I went to, my first year, I went to a meeting every day. Mm. And 11 11. It's my clean day. 11 11 11. And this year, 11 11 will be 11 years. Congratulations, brother. Congratulations. And the one thing I will say, I've had, you know, great success. And I've had a lot of not great success. And the and I can honestly say this. The success I didn't have, and this is no cap, was because I didn't listen to my wife. Hmm. The times that I partnered with people, my wife was born. Hashem gave her a gift that I don't have. Hashem gave her a gift that you can open up your mouth and she knows you're full of shit the moment you say hello. Mm. Mm. And I disrespected her by not listening. You don't know business. You're out of your mind. What do you know? You don't know shit. Mm -hmm. And she was right. Right. Intuition. Every time. I don't like to use finite words. Every time. So I finally said, you know what, hon? I surrender. <laughs> I'm going to bring you to every meeting. Me. If you don't like them, I don't do business with them. Right. Since then, I've never lost. She sits down at every meeting. Mm-hmm. We can break bread, talk. Oh, yeah, now you, oh, man, let's go to the mat game. Fuck around, get our feet on the wood. Yo, when can we meet Chantel? Let's go to have dinner. Mm-hmm. We'll go to Philippe's, have a good time. Get in the car. And you're, and you're sitting there the whole time. No, right? no, 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 no. Not even doing that. No, yeah. my wife is quiet. She's just listening, mm-hmm. eating, texting the kids, getting the car. Nope. Hey, bro, I had a great time with you, Brody. Hey, listen, <laughs> great time. Yeah. Shit was a movie, bro, but yeah, nah, I'm sorry. We're not going to be able to do it. <laughs> wow. But when she says yes, hey, let's go. There's no waiting. When it's a go, it's a go. And I've... Never lost since then. 35 oh. years. You Shout out to Chantel. Yeah. Yep. Shout out to Chantel. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. You rattled off a lot of businesses. I heard Nuvo in there. I heard Echo in there. Mm-hmm. What What else are we missing? I mean... Because you, so, you haven't been the face of these businesses. No, because it's... And I don't need to be. Yeah. I don't need to be. But I was lucky enough to get equity in those things. Mm. You, know, I was, they, you know, I was smart enough. Mm-hmm. to negotiate for equity in those businesses. Mark Echo has been an amazing partner, even to this day. You know, he's been an amazing partner. He's treated me like a, like a friend. He's been a mentor. He has been, uh, he's just been amazing through complex, through everything. You know, Rich Antonello, shout out to Rich. Um, Nouveau, you know, I have an equity partnership in Nouveau. That was the fastest growing alcohol business in the history of the business. You know, we went from 60 cases a year to 60,000 in 18 months. Did T-Pain have it. a lot to do with that? that oh, yeah. Just, Pain yeah. had a lot to do with it. Shout out with Pain. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing your podcast, Pain. I'm come see you in Atlanta. Yeah. Pain had a lot to do with it. That, that, and I love Pain for that because he was, it was a great partnership. And one, one of the things and what we continue to do is, is our company, because the other thing, you know, we talked about Searchlight, right? Searchlight, Searchlight. Right. So Searchlight was always about ego, right? It was always about ego. Searchlight, it's me. Searchlight. Searchlight right. music. Searchlight promotion. Searchlight publishing. All that. Right. 
But there was no searchlight publishing until 2011, right? Right. And the only reason there's a searchlight publishing is because my wife didn't want to be a partner. And schematics was already existing, and I couldn't have... Schematics is my deal with Universal. Right. So I couldn't have a publishing deal. I have a joint venture with BMG. So I couldn't have a schematics part two. Right. So I was like, fuck it, Searchlight Publishing. It never existed before. I'm going to make it exist now. Right. So shout out to Bodie James. Bodie, you're a king. So Bodie, I signed Bodie in 2011, and now you know he's doing everything with, with uh, Benny, and he's sure. got a record coming out with, with uh, Harry Fraud, and we got Kevin the Kid, who's worked with everybody from... T.I. to everybody, signed Ashley Rose, uh, Pharrell calls her Super Pen, she's done Chris Brown, Seven Streeter, like, you know, just mm-hmm. great group of, of writers and, and, and producers. And, uh, and shout out to my man Cedric Louie from Hands Up Management, I love you, Kay. Awesome. Another great dude. But um, I decided in 2015 uh, that there was no reason for any other searchlight anything. So the name of the company is 4MC Multimedia. And the reason it's called 4MC is for the names like four children and the C is Chantel. Because mm. it's about the family. Mm. It's about working, yeah. So there's four That was M's actually her in the C. Brooklyn Queens video, right? All the videos. Every video. Okay. She's the nurse in, in Triple Stage Darkness. I she's, didn't know that. She's, yep, she's in every video. Now, I remember every video. specifically, I'm going to get the yep. best of the book. I definitely did. Yeah. yeah. Exactly right. Yep. Respect my wisdom like I respect myself. Fine. Yeah, a lot of, lot of bars yeah. came out. When you I'll did. tell you a funny. I, I, <laughs> my son's gonna hate that I, that I tell this story, but it, it's funny. Mm-hmm. So I just have I put out a new record with this kid Bobby J from Rockaway called Round. Is that the I one you sent to me? Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. So the reason I put that record out is it came out on, on the year anniversary of my father's dying. My father well, always said that you can't live out of community; you have to live in a community. And he gave his life to Far Rockaway. So did my mother. Made a rest in peace. So I was like, ah, you know what? It feel good. So I wanted to do a record about the Rockaways and bring a new OG, you know, OG perspective about where we are now lyrically and bring this kid Bobby J from Rockaway, this young kid, spit up. Um, and shot half the video in Orlando, shot the other half in Rockaway, invited all my people, Rockaway Hotel, Chrome B, shout out to him. He, you know, did his thing. And um, when we're doing, when the, the point I'm trying to make is we, we were, doing this whole record and putting it out. And um, I don't know, like 2015, 2016, when I changed the name of the company, um, I've been getting this urge to kind of put out music. Like, and you know, my wife had been saying to me, eh, you know, like what happened? Like, mm-hmm. but this was the one time she was like, yeah, do it, hmm. do it. She said, yeah, do it. It feels right. She feel, it feels right. That was the only reason it feels right. That and, that and, Johnny Moore. My wife, if I'm a big Smiths fan, my wife is the biggest Smiths fan. Wow. Like, the biggest. Mm-hmm. Like, literally saw them in concert at 14 years old on the 23rd Street Pier in 1986 and still has the tour shirt. Mm-hmm. Johnny comes to Orlando. He's opening for the Killers. So he's like, yo, we got to meet in person. It took my wife, and we knew this was coming like two years ago. It took my wife damn near a year and a half to stop trembling at the idea that she was going to meet Johnny Moore. Wow. It took <laughs> almost a year and a half. We walk in, gives her a big hug. She is geeked, geeked. He comes over, gives me a big hug. We're kicking it. 
on FaceTime or just having, you know, mm-hmm. she's, and they keep telling him like, look, we got, we got to get out of here. He's like, shut up, shut up. I'm with Chantel and Search, shut up. Yeah. But then he says to her exactly this. Hey, Search, I never, I don't think I ever told you this. He goes, but your solo album, Return of the Product, is one of my top five favorite albums of all time. Mm. Mm. And mind wow. you, wow. my wife can't the stand point. me as an MC. The point. Can't stand me the as an MC. You write on something. You was the right on something. Stands me at the, the points indeed. Yes. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. Yes. But her other favorite band is the Killers and Brandon Flowers. Right. So now she's like, she open, she's like, oh, like, <laughs> she's like, oh my god, right? oh my god, and he's telling, and I've been sending him demos, and he's like, yo, the round here record, man, I, I, he's like, search, you're, you're, he's like, you're in your renaissance, he's like, you're back, bro, you're back, I'm so happy for you, yada, yada. and we're talking about tracks that he sent me in this and that, and she's just like, whatever, enamored. Right. Anyway, we're leaving. And Brandon Flowers is coming out to see Johnny, and he sees me and he goes, MC Search? Are you fucking are you fucking kidding me? Like I listen to your records. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I go up to my car and I'm playing it cool, like whatever. And she's on the phone talking to the kids. And she goes, Yeah, what happened? I said, Oh, Johnny's downstairs with Brandon. Brandon just told me he's my fa- his favorite artist of all time. She goes, Drive down there right now. <laughs> Get down there right now. Um, but that's I think for her, that was the validation mm. she needed to hear that people need to hear my music. Music, yeah. Because for her, it's really about Michael. It's about Michael doing what I do. Right. You know, it's like Michael building businesses. Michael, you know, there's people in this world, there's some people that like to drive ships and some people that like to build them. Mm-hmm. Right. I like to build them. Right. Yeah, you know, my father made recipes, always used to say, you can do one thing great or a lot of things really well. Mm. I, I like to do a lot of things really well. Really well. You know, yeah. like I, you know, during the pandemic, you know, on the humble, me and my partner brought in 250 million pieces of PPE to the U.S. to sell to help first responders. Right. And how do we do that? Well, it turns out all the frat boys that listen to third base, they're all governors and attorney generals now. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There so it we is. found out That's like, true. oh. This governor is a huge third base fan, so, oh, it's searched. I heard you need PPE. Done. So I became a, a major consultant. Right. So now, the reason, one of the big things I'm doing now is we have a glove company, Joe's and Gloves. This guy who's a, one of the wealthiest men in, in China came here because his company man, manufactures the raw material that makes 85% of all the gloves in the world. Mm. And he's so, he was so disgusted, Mr. Chen, by... The price gouging. They said, you know what? I'm going to come in and undercut the people I sell my raw materials to. And I'm going to offer a glove that is a superior quality at 50% less. So a headhunter reached out to me and my partner, Adam Schmidt. Shout out to Adam. Love you, bro. Mm -hmm. And we're building this company, Joe's and Gloves. And just signed two of the largest deals in the U.S. Because it's the right thing to do. To help first responders, to help doctors. Right. Wear gloves that are better for them right. mm-hmm. at half the price. Mm-hmm. Why not do that? Right. Why not spend your time being of service? Right. And it goes back to what I learned in recovery. I don't need to be out in the stage anymore. I don't, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. I'm happy being Michael Barron glove salesman. I'm good with that. Right. 
the money's crazy. <laughs> right. The money's crazy. Right. Yeah. The watch is lovely. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Why not be of service, right? Like, why not? And that's one of the things. So changing the name of the company, it's all become great energy. So when you hear me say, well, why, well, why? This is why. My heart is full. I keep great people around me. That young man in the corner, Tremaine Jackson, that guy's a genius. He's a genius. Stand up, and the reason I met him, I'm on a platform called VidSig, right? Right. So VidSig is a really cool platform. Basically, VidSig is a platform where you can talk to your, your, your mentors, your idols for almost next to nothing. Hmm. I got on this, pro, it's almost been a year and a half. Because people always ask me, yo, I need, I, need, I need your help. I need your help. I need your help. You can't help everybody. So I said, you know what? I'm going to set up two days on VidSig. Monday is New Music Monday. It's a very simple thing. It's $150. Mm-hmm. Play me your song. If I like your song, I put it out. You put it out? Yeah. I put it out through my deal with Sony on, on 4MC distribution. distribution through The Orchard. Mm-hmm. And I don't, it doesn't cost anything. Mm. Sony takes 20%, we take 10%, you keep 70%. I put it out. If I don't like it, I don't like it, and that's it. Right? Friday is a consultancy. It's for business. Now, how do you separate the wheat from the chef? I charge $500 for 30, 30 minutes. I dedicate two hours of my day every Friday to meet with new entrepreneurs. $500 is a fair, fair price for me. I'm sorry, my time is way more valuable than that. Yeah. But I think five hundred dollars more than fair. But also, if you don't have it, you're not that serious about your fucking business in the first place. Right. Let's keep it a bean. Wow. I was. Someone told me that a long time ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's real. Right. So, long story short, I get a a, a message. This young man from Far Rockaway wants to meet with me. His name is Tremaine Jackson. Tremaine gets on, pitches me his idea. It's brilliant. It's not great, it's fucking brilliant. Hmm. So we go through it. And the whole time, and he'll, I, I would love for him to stand up if I bullshit once, please stand up and say, search you full of shit. The whole time that He's we were getting, standing. the whole time, well, I haven't said anything yet. No, I'll do it. The whole time that every time we got to another step where he got excited, I said, bro, we got about 99 more steps to go. Don't get excited. I know it's exciting because we're at this point. Mm-hmm. But we're not there yet. Right. And then we get to the next step. And be like, yo, what's going to happen? Said, Bro, we got 96 steps to go. Don't get excited. Right. right? Keep things realistic. So he paid me twice. The other idea is so fucking good, bro, that we're going to launch it probably next year. Hmm. It's going to happen. It's not an if, it's a when. Mm-hmm. And that young man right there, that young man sitting there in that chair. One more time, one more time, man. You're looking at a, a at a hundred million dollar man. Oh, yeah. That is going to be a gentleman. Man. That gentleman. It's such he's got such a brain. He's got such a mind. He's got such a mind for business that it's not an if, it's a when for him to be and take care of his family, take care of his son, take care of his girl. It's it's not an if, it's a when. So to be on that path is amazing with him. And people reach out to me all the time. There's a woman that reached out to me. She's got an amazing, she, she does a, uh, a, she does a, uh, what's the word for it? I'm sorry. I lost the words. 
she does a shelter, a woman's shelter. Mm -hmm. And what she does is for women that have been abused in relationships, she brings them in, gives them clothes to go on, um, go on job, job interviews, job interviews yeah. right? But also gives them a place to live, mm. right? So amazing. And now she's trying to do a men's version of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to reach out to celebrities to get clothes and nice suits for the men that are coming into wow, the shelter. I've, I've heard that idea. Yeah. Couple of times. Yeah. And, so uh, she's out so of Phoenix. There's a there's a yeah. need for that. Yeah. All over. All, all over. Without question. And she's amazing. Yeah. And she's amazing. And then there's another person that I met, and they had another idea, a great idea, fizzled out. Right. So I dedicate my time to that. So it's vidsig.com forward slash mc search. Feel free. Mm. Make your time. Can you say Don't, that one more time? Yeah. It's vid vidsig sig dot com forward slash m c s e R-C-H. Yeah, so, I, might, I might be in the next, the next 500 that's fine. to go through. Dude, <laughs> that's fine. Although no, I know yeah, you I got money, so that. I'm going to charge you a thousand. Uh, anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> the pocket watch doesn't stop. It continues. No, it's hot for trap, trap, and turn smack rapper. Only smack rapper that you know is smack rappers. Got bars I can hang with the backpackers. Trap star, I don't hang with the Fiends leave earth, you heard Got your baby mama thirst, you heard Feel the flow, nigga, throw it in reverse